When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 79, and I'm your host, Anne Marie Cross, brand and communication strategist, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says that the gender pay gap, it's not a simple issue that can be solved by any government, any organization, or even any gender. It affects everyone, women, men, and children. So we all need greater gender intelligence to solve it and other gender inequality issues. Joining me on today's show, is Carrie Gallant, a dynamic speaker, leadership coach, and pay equity advocate. Carrie's experience as an executive, former practicing lawyer, and adjunct law professor, professor informs her work in helping clients master the art and science of negotiation, conflict resolution, and conversational intelligence. Carrie's Art of Negotiation for Women approach is featured in author Tara Moore's global online leadership program, Playing Big, as well as Cosmo Magazine, Goop.com, The Globe and Mail, The Financial Post, and CBC Radio. She has been a speaker at several women's conferences, the American and Canadian Bar Associations, U.S. medical conferences, and podcasts, and now on the Women in Leadership podcast. And as Chief Legal Counsel to the Ontario Pay Equity Commission, she was invited by the White House to speak at a Department of Labor conference on women's equality. Now, on today's show, Carrie is going to share that the gender pay gap is not just a simple issue. We're going to dive in deeper to that, uh, as well as the risks of being a tall poppy are greater when there are few tall poppies around you, as well as practice the platinum rule, which is treat others how they would like to be treated. So welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. I'm really delighted to be here today. That is a very impressive um, background and experience. It's obviously a, a po topic that you're passionate about mm -hmm. and one that I think uh, we still need a lot of discussion because whilst we certainly have uh, seen things, you know, start to, to shift, uh, there's still mm -hmm. a long way to go, yes? I, I would agree with that, Anne-Marie. And I, I was just actually speaking at a lunch and learn to, earlier today to a group of women uh, in healthcare about this very issue. And I was saying how, you know, we, we are at a bit of a tipping point now where mm -hmm. we've seen a, a lot of things happen in the last a year, particularly around hashtag me too, and a lot of uh, attention to the pay gap. And so there's, there's a, there's a shift in how, uh, how we're hearing the volume of women's voices come forward. And it's not just women, um, but it is important to hear women's voices come forward in, in the volume and in the grouping that we are seeing because 
this is not going away. And as Oprah said, I think, believe her, her the hashtag phrase is time's up. Mm. And my, I've been saying it's time. It's yeah. if it's never been time before, it certainly is now. There's a groundswell that's moving forward. Yeah. And um, so wonderful that we can continue the conversation because I think that's important when we do have voices that come to the table to discuss and, you know, show that way forward. Let's talk about what one of the things that you've said is that the gender pay gap, it's not just a simple issue by government that can solve it by organizational gender we need greater gender intelligence to solve it and other gender equalities talk about gender intelligence is that a term that you've coined or oh, something no, not at all. no okay let's talk about <laughs> I that i wish i could lay claim to it but no it's not it's not mine i did not coin it but i do mm. think it's very apt mm, absolutely let's talk about that what what needs sure. to be done well, you know, Anne-Marie, it's a great question. Um, one of the reasons why I brought up gender intelligence is because gender intelligence is something that's not that not only women can have. Mm -hmm. It's an intelligence, like emotional intelligence, like conversational intelligence, which is a new field that I've become certified in. Mm -hmm. It's really a way of thinking about gender and being um, literate. Mm -hmm. in in the issues around gender and how to how to have conversations around it how to speak each other's language even mm -hmm. you know there there are there are ways in which women talk to each other and there are ways that men talk to each other and when we try to cross when we try to talk to each other across the gender uh, sometimes that's where we get into we get into missteps mm -hmm. we get into misunderstandings i mean back in I, I think it was in the 80s deborah tannen wrote this great book called you just don't understand about men and women in conversation and mm -hmm. she's a researcher that's written over and over again in that particular field john gray women are from mars men are from venus mm. same kind of thing that's the beginnings really of being able to uh, to, to create this field of gender intelligence of, of language and i think it really does speak to uh why i raised it was i thought well, here's part of the way in which we can begin to find the real and lasting answers to for example to the gender pay gap problem yeah you know Marie, as you as you alluded to i spent the very early part of my career 10 years of it working for the ontario pay equity commission mm -hmm. and uh you know i live in vancouver british columbia now where we don't have pay equity legislation We're one of the few provinces here in canada that does not um and ontario's law was very groundbreaking around mm -hmm. the world we were seen as at the, at the very at the very front and leading edge of of that type of law because it was specific to finding equal pay for work of equal value mm -hmm. so different jobs jobs that were predominantly being performed by women and jobs that were predominantly being performed by men but were of equal value to the organization that was the premise of the law mm -hmm. that they should be paid on an equal footing mm -hmm. so a little bit different than saying I'm doing the same job as you man and I'm a woman or you know whatever your gender is mm -hmm. and and we should be paid the same that is that is what we would call um, equal pay law mm -hmm. if we want to put a fine point on it the difference between pay equity and equal pay for example but at the end of the day all of those efforts from legislation are designed to help ameliorate or or to remedy uh, the gender pay gap mm. so that that the, you know the effort that went into designing that legislation to putting it into play and then those of us who who were uh, tasked with enforcing that legislation or bringing it out to organizations and publicly educating we always knew even back then that this was only one piece of the puzzle it was only going to answer a part of the wage gap uh, so the gender pay gap so you know, when I say it's uh, that you, we, it's not. We can't just rely on government to fix it. 
it's because it is complex. We always saw it as complex. And now we're seeing that there are so many factors that go into it. And, and the field that I end up uh, working a lot in around helping women to really um, master negotiating is one of those pieces of the puzzle. And I like to, to take that out and talk to groups and work with my clients on that and really help women to step up and master that is because it's something that we can do for ourselves. Mm. We don't have to wait for organizations. We don't have to wait for government. And it has such a wide ripple effect, Amory, that when, when I notice this in my clients and myself, that when we can master those, those techniques and when we can, uh, bridge the gap for us the difference between negotiating for someone else and the key part of it being able to negotiate for ourselves when we can really integrate and internalize that it can really shift a lot of things especially for women mm, absolutely and i really love to dive into some techniques uh, that women can start to use become more aware of so that their negotiation skills can um can really start to shine through because one of the things that i read many years ago here in one of the local newspaper or the the big newspapers was an organization actually admitted that in their recruitment and selection process typically they would offer women a lower salary package for the exact same role um, with men and typically the reason was that women just accept what is offered to them and don't really negotiate but before we do move on just this gender intelligence um, for people that haven't really heard of that before what are some key things that we do need to be aware of that perhaps is going to remain a barrier if we're not aware of gender intelligence and how best to inform and and to, to come to a table where we are understanding each other when there's differences in how we approach conversations and so forth. I think that's important, isn't it? Because we can be at the same table, but if what we're saying and how we're communicating is just not being understood by the other parties at the table, then no matter how much we communicate, we're just not going to, to, to be appreciated. Right. And that's a great question. And, and uh, another one that I would say is multifaceted as well, Anne-Marie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, these, again, it's not a, it's not a simple issue. There's not a simple answer or, or it, it, there are some complexities around it. And, and with, with gender intelligence, and I, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not a, I'm not a researcher in this particular mm. area. And I would encourage people to go and look beyond uh, what I'm talking about and look beyond in that field. Uh, what I, what I take from it and bring into this particular dialogue that we're having in around gender pay gap is that we want to be thinking and being aware of the fact that we, we all, and not just across gender lines, across race, across mm -hmm. culture, across personality types, uh, we don't all think alike. And so we want to be able to be open to thinking about, oh, I'm curious, how did you get to that result? Mm -hmm. how, did your think, how did your thought process work that way? If we can be curious in the workplace, whether whoever it is, we can understand that we may arrive at, we may arrive at conclusions, we may even arrive at the same conclusion in very different ways. And of course, we can arrive at different conclusions. And so why have we done so? Mm -hmm. you know, so becoming, becoming gender intelligent is about seeking answers to how are we different. Um, you know, Harvard has a has a great uh, test out there called the implicit bias test. Mm -hmm. You can take it across gender lines, you can take it across race and culture lines, and really notice where you might tend to make assumptions. So, Emery, you mentioned uh, an employer in, in your uh, area that uh, admitted to hiring women and offering them less money right out of the gate, knowing that they would be more likely to accept and not negotiate. Well, that is um, that has been the case since women came into the workplace. 
uh, women were, when we first started to come into the workplace 100 years ago, 150 years ago, we were working for what then was called pin money or pocket money, mm-hmm. which is this little extra money that, you know, so women could go out and get their own little shopping, little things that they wanted to get. And so they only needed a little bit, mm. right? So if we go back in history, we can see where this comes from, why some of these uh, notions, why some of these biases and expectations about how women will behave mm-hmm. and how they should behave. They're all interconnected. And so we all need to be part of that solution. Yes. The people at that company need to be part of that solution to say, you know what, we're not going to do this because the end result isn't right. Mm. Not only might it break the law locally, uh, but it's certainly not going to be at the end of the day, we're not going to have happy, productive and effective employees. Yeah. You know, here's the thing I know to be true. The women I know who found out later that they were paid less than men, they either leave uh, very soon after because they're, uh, they're, they're distraught. Mm-hmm. They are now distrustful yes. of the organization and the people that did this to them or with them or whatever. And they also feel some immense shame often for themselves as mm-hmm. to why, why didn't I negotiate? Why didn't I stick up for myself? Uh, and so sometimes they will simply just leave the organization and you won't even know it. You won't even have that conversation. Mm. Others will try to have the conversation and then find that they're blocked in having that conversation. And when they don't have a successful conversation, then they too might end up leaving. And now look, we leave organizations in various ways. We don't always vote with our feet right away. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we leave with our brains, right? Our minds yes. check out, our hearts check out. Uh, our, our soul checks out of the organization. What, that, what does that mean for the organization? Well, guess what? We're probably not putting in our best efforts. We're probably not producing our best efforts. And that goes both for us as well as for the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a little afield with that one, Henry. I hope no, I've answered your no, question. No, I think it's, it's, it's great. And, it, you know, it's, it, it's an awareness building process, I think, is very important because once people are aware of something, then they can take a step back and, okay, what's not right here? And I recently attended a women in leadership conference and it was interesting because there was a number of men that came and, and spoke. And there's an organization or a, a, a movement that's created here and I can't remember the name of it. If I think of it, what I'll do is I'll put the link in the show notes. But this is where they have men, senior men from organizations, even CEOs, who are all all about this equality, pay the, the pay equity and so forth. And some of these men, when they didn't have their own businesses, um, actually came to the table and not revolted, but actually stood beside the women, their counterparts, um, their colleagues, and said, "This is not fair." And um, and and that was the the key feeling, the thought that came through that whole women in leadership conference that we want to encourage men to step forward to and be supportive around that because a lot of times in organisations they are the key decision makers so uh, you know it's good to be able to see that there are organization and movements here that are now continuing the conversation and we've got men and women um, at that table let's dive into negotiation skills because if women were aware that hang on a minute that salary package that I've just been offered is not really on par with what I'm expecting knowing how to communicate that and negotiate can see that they can leave the table signing a contract for something that is paying them what they're worth Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, that this is a great question. And I love this one. There are so many ways to answer this question to Anne Marie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things I often get and uh, talked about again today at the at the lunch and learn that I was at, uh, for many, the one of the reasons we don't, um, we don't ask for many women, what we don't, the reasons we don't ask when we're negotiating for ourselves mm-hmm. um, is, is out of fear. 
Mm. And it's out of fear, perhaps, that we'll be rejected. The offer might be pulled off the table or we'll damage or lose the relationship. Um, now, there's a couple other R's that can get in there, too. But to, uh, those are the two primary ones that I see, especially for women. And look, I haven't mentioned this yet, but it, 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 there, some of the research and stats show that when you have a man who's, uh, who has some skills and some um, uh, how, whatever he is uh, uh, capable of as a negotiator for an organization, he's going to do the same for himself. Whatever level of his negotiation capability or capacity is, it's going to be the same whether he's negotiating for the organization or for, for himself. Mm-hmm. The key breakdown happens with women between the two. And, mm-hmm. and we know that there are many women who negotiate all day long as part of their job, and they do it as well as men, and they get as great deals as men do in the work that they're doing. But the moment they have to negotiate for themselves, woo, it mm-hmm. all changes. <laughs> and the stats bear this out, that there's a clear divide often in terms of how well we do in negotiations. Um, when we're compared to men, it mm-hmm. really differs on the personal line. So again, going for job negotiation is a perfect example, whether it's a salary review or it's a new job. And so one of the key things that I recommend, uh, first of all, and this is especially important for women, it's important in all negotiations, but I think it's very much even more critical for women when we're negotiating for ourselves, is we need to step back before that conversation and really spend the time getting clear. Mm -hmm. Clarity is a really powerful thing. And what I mean by clarity is just to be able to answer one question would shift the balance is what do you want? Mm. Getting super clear on what do you want is the first order of business. It's what do you want as an outcome Mm -hmm. and getting clear on what that means. You know, what do you, so you want the job. Okay. So what do you want to, what do you want to the job to pay you in Mm -hmm. in exchange for what you're worth? Oh my God, is that ever loaded (laughs) question, right? And it's loaded for a lot of reasons. We have, you know, as women, the whole worth issue comes up. What's a woman worth? I mean, we've got, Mm -hmm. let's face it. We only have a hundred years, 150 years of women in the workplace. We're making our own money. And, you know, it wasn't until the mid seventies that women were allowed to hold their own credit cards Mm. in Canada and, and in the U S. So we haven't even been trusted with our own debt (laughs) until then. So, you know, there's lots of baggage and loaded history Mm. behind that. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and that's not to say, and and that is to say that it affects all of us because it's in, it's in the, it's in the water, if you like, it's in that implicit bias thing that I talked about earlier. So we need to kind of be, that's the part of that intelligence thing too, the gender intelligence is be aware that when a woman comes to the table, there's all kinds of stuff behind her that may be holding her back from putting the strongest, uh, loudest or, or, or most expensive foot. And I don't mean wearing the expensive shoes. I mean, asking mm. for the, the highest level uh, that might really prohibit that. And by the same token, Emery, some, I hear this a lot too. Sometimes when men come to the table, it's just expected that they're going to negotiate anyway. So let's yes. give him the raise now before he even asks for it. Yes. So that happens a lot too. Mm-hmm. And again, it's all part of this piece of the puzzle around how we're looking at and what we're expecting uh, from women. So back to clarity. Mm-hmm. So getting really clear on that first question, what is it that you want? And be think beyond just the salary dollars. The salary dollars are important, however, and they mm-hmm. matter. Because they matter not only for what you're going to be earning in this job, whether it's your first job or your 10th job, it matters to how you're going to be perceived 
for the next job. Mm. So if you want to go have a career progression that moves up a ladder, it's an unfortunate reality that we tend to look at people who are paid more as being capable of more, mm. of having higher potential. And so we tend to promote people who are already there, if you like, mm -hmm. who are already showing that they're worth it because they're getting paid for it. Is it fair? Perhaps not. It's just, it is part of what is happening. So salary is important for that reason. And of course, there's so many other things on the table when you're negotiating for a job. There's how much, how much support are you getting? And one of the things I tell women a lot too is remember to think about this key question and women tend to forget about it more than men do is what do you need in order to be successful in this role? Mm. So remember, it's not just, do I need more pens, right? It's not that kind of resource. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about human resources, for mm -hmm. example. So to be successful at this job, I need my own assistant, for example. Make sure you get that. Make sure that's part of your negotiation, that that's part of what's helping to set you up for success. Mm -hmm. I know I need, I'll, I'll want to work with an executive coach or I'll want to work with a leadership coach who's going to help prime me to, uh, to onboard to this job really well so that I can bring my best to the table and so you can get my best work as we move into the next three months, six months, nine months, three years. Mm -hmm. I want to know that I'm going to get professional development support. All these things are supports that are essential to great performance. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I think that's what we all want. We all want to be high performers, mm -hmm. and yet we're not asking for the very things that are going to make, make or break the difference between it. Hey, you know, if you were going to go to try out for the Olympics, would you do that without having a coach? <laughs> exactly. Would you do that without having a gym membership? Mm -hmm. Would you do that without having the greatest shoes or equipment on the planet so that you can do this? Heck no. So why, are you, why would we be doing this for ourselves now? Yeah, brilliant points. And I think often we do think around salary and we don't think about what is it going to require us or be support to us to enable us mm -hmm. to do our role better. Let's talk about the tall poppy. Um, mm -hmm. Here in Australia, the tall poppy, unfortunately, is still well and truly alive in certain industries. What you say, tall, being a tall poppy is, is the, the risks of being a tall poppy is greater when there are a few tall poppies around mm -hmm. us. Let's talk about this. Yeah, that's great. And I, I love talking to you about this. It's, you know, the tall, the idea of the tall poppy is, it's not as, uh, it's not as, uh, universal of a, of a, of a legend as it is in Australia and, yes. and, uh, and New Zealand, uh, sorry, New Australia and, and England and perhaps in New Zealand as well. I'm not mm -hmm. entirely sure. Uh, but when I first learned about it, I thought, oh yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. I get that. Here, here we, sometimes we're, we're, it's called crabs in a barrel. Oh. So if you if, if you put crabs in a barrel of water, you know that they're going to stay there because as soon as one of them tries to crawl out, somebody else is pulling them back down. Oh. So it's a similar kind of an idea. So we here we might have phrases and we might have similar phrases uh, there as well. It's like don't get too big for your britches, mm. right? And the whole idea is know your place, yes. right? Know yeah. your place in society. Don't try to get above your station. It's the same stuff, right? Uh, what I love about the tall poppy is the tall poppies are beautiful. I have, I have some on my wall to yeah. remind me of this idea. Mm. And it occurred to me that when I, when I, as I understand the tall poppy ideas, you don't want to be a tall poppy because you might get your head chop, chopped mm -hmm. off in the field because you're out there by yourself. Yes. And I think this is, this is, this is speaks to me as a woman uh, you know, when, when we stick our neck out, when we stick our head above the crowd, when we make ourselves stand out from the crowd, um, and I think as women in particular, we have a higher risk of being chopped down. We have a higher risk of being yanked back down underneath because mm -hmm. 
we, we, we see a lone woman sticking out like that is a target. Mm. We've seen this happen in politics. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's, yes. there's so many ways in which women are targeted with different things and um, very personalized things. We used to have that phrase that people don't say much more called ad hominem. Well, really, that's like an ad feminine, mm. right? Like it's really, it's about really targeting the person for who she is as a person as opposed to what she's done. Yes. Um, and, and making it very, very personal and very, um, very uh, uh gender specific language, mm -hmm. right? So what I what I thought about was I thought, well, okay, so if we had more tall poppies around us, it would be it would be better, right? We wouldn't be the the only tall poppy out there in the field. And I think that's true. I think and we see this actually as we we know statistically uh, through groups like Catalyst, even the UN on human rights, they've talked about the tipping point for having women in an organization, women on boards that it's no longer about the token woman mm -hmm. who used to be like in, you know, senior partner in a law firm or uh, on a board it would be the, the token woman. And that would be good enough. We still see it sometimes on TV where we have the token woman in the team. Uh, but we're seeing more now that it actually we, we require more than that simply to get the diversity of opinion, simply mm -hmm. to have the, uh, the ability to make change, to make it more possible for other women. Um, and so, you know, the, the more we're, we, we reach to be our best and to stand out, of course, we're putting ourselves at risk of other people's opinions. And that mm -hmm. will never change. Uh, it's human nature that we, we uh, you know, as you're, if you're flying high in the sky, there's always going to be somebody who's going to try and shoot you down. Mm -hmm. It's how you're going to be strong and brave and courageous to be able to withstand that. And how much greater uh, opportunities do we as women have to be able to do that when we are surrounded by other women who are also ambitious, yes. like a tall poppy, who want to be willing to stand high, who are re ready to make a difference. Um, it, I've heard somebody, I think Take the Lead talks about it as hashtag sister courage. Mm -hmm. I like that phrase because it's also that speaks to me. It speaks to me. It speaks to that idea that as sisters, we're going forward with courage together mm -hmm. um, and how much greater of an opportunity uh, we have to make change for that. Yeah. And I think also too, it's a great reminder for us as women, when we see other women rise and do incredible things yes. to get behind her, to support her. And sometimes in some of the comments that we say that we realize, you know what, that's actually a judgmental comment that I made, mm. or even not saying something when you hear other conversations going around, because what's that saying when you don't say anything, you're actually contributing to that. You're actually saying that that is okay. It's a reminder right. that we really need to get behind these women women who are doing great things and through that um, you know that really paves the way for us to, to continue to, to do great things in, in our work too thank you for that I think it's so important talking about the platinum rule we need to practice that talk more about this because I think this is yeah. so important as well yeah well thank you you know I grew up with the golden rule as I'm sure many many of your audience and many people did mm -hmm. you know treat and it, it's what we find from uh, those of us who uh, are who have heard Bible stories or or uh, old stories uh, treat others as you would like to be treated that's mm -hmm. the golden rule and that's a great rule I, it's a it's a great rule because and I, but I think of it as a great start mm -hmm. so if I think about if I, because it opens, when we think about how would I want to be treated in that situation, it can help to open out our sense of kindness, of compassion, of fairness, to at least treat someone the way we would like to be treated. Well, there's this idea of the platinum rule, which takes it another step further, which mm -hmm. is to say, treat others as they would like to be treated. 
And I think this is a great one to be thinking about, especially when we're in the workplace, when we're working with people who um, they're not our family members, mm -hmm. and we could apply this to our family too, uh, but they're people that we don't often always know right away, especially as we're getting to know them. We might not know their personality type, you know, are they under Myers-Briggs, are they an ENTJ, mm -hmm. or are they an ISF? FJ, you know, we don't know if they're a blue, a yellow, or a green, if we're under true colors. We don't, we don't know how they think, uh, but we might start to watch them. We might start mm -hmm. to observe. So what do they like to do? And it gets us curious about what really matters to them. How do they like to receive information? You know, mm -hmm. some of us like to receive information by a paper. Or we want to, you know, as we're seeing, we believe we're seeing generational differences here, but at the end of the day, I don't think we really are. We're mm -hmm. thinking, seeing, we're seeing tools, different medium used in the same way they were before. They're just coming out in different platforms. So yes. we're seeing the written word coming out through texting, right? It's still the written mm -hmm. word. We're mm -hmm. still getting our information in writing. Uh, well, some people want to talk it through, right? They want to be able to, they want you to come into their office and tell them all, tell them the highlights. They don't mm -hmm. want the details. They want the highlights. So when you're speaking someone else's language, going back to gender, gender intelligence as well, you're doing the platinum rule. You're mm -hmm. speaking their language, you're treating them the way they want to be treated, you're understanding how they'd like to be spoken to, and you're adapting to that. It doesn't mean your own needs aren't important. Mm -hmm. Ideally, they're also doing the same thing for you and understanding that. And if not, then that's your opportunity for self-advocacy to say, you know, I know you like to receive information in this way, and I have a different preference. I like to receive information in that way. Mm. How might we work together to figure out a way that we can have better communication? Yes, brilliant. And that brings us back to the point of what you mentioned, that it's so important to have clarity. And if we're not mm -hmm. understanding of the best way in which we can take in information and how we um, interact better and do our best work, it's very hard for us to be able to clarify that to someone else or communicate that to other people. Are you finding that that is a great area for women in particular, that they don't have that strong level of self-awareness to begin with so that they can communicate that with clarity to team members? Well, that's an interesting question, Emery. I think um, what I do find is, uh, and the, we've seen some stats that bear this out too, that women are the highest users of self-development, mm -hmm. uh, more so than men. We're more likely to seek therapy. We're more likely to seek help. That doesn't mean we're all, we always have the greatest self-awareness because mm. um, we might be, we might be more, more willing to go down that road when we become aware that we can mm. um, and we become aware of how we can. Uh, and I think it is also something then, if we have a greater tendency towards it, that it's also a, a, a wonderful opportunity to become more aware of oneself. Mm. So gender intelligence or just simply intelligence and awareness of oneself can be a starting point. Mm -hmm. And I work with my clients on that a lot is helping them to become, increase that self-awareness. It's the first hallmark in emotional intelligence. Mm. We can move into self-regulation or self-managing our behaviors, but it's kind of hard to do that if we also don't have that awareness of yes. what, are the, what are our preferences, what are our style differences. Mm -hmm. And so to start with that self-awareness is a great place to begin. Um, and as you point out, it's also very much linked into 
being able to be successful in your negotiations and difficult conversations because you can have that greater clarity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also too, for showing up and doing your best work. And if you know that certain environments, if you are what you were talking about MBTI, if you are someone who's more of an introvert, that you're not constantly meeting after meeting after meeting, but also give yourself space to be able to recuperate, refresh on your own so that you can then show up to the next meeting um, being, uh, you know, certainly having more energy. Oh gosh, we could talk on this for, for hours and I'm sure we've only just scratched the surface on many of these uh, topics. But again, I love the show because it enables us through you, through great guests to have on the show to raise people's self-awareness around, oh, maybe that is an area that I need to do further studies around or need to have more self-awareness. And then once we can understand that, once we know better, we can then do better. Carrie, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Well, thank you, Emery. Um, I would invite people to check out my website at gallantleader.com. Uh, you can find me there. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn as well as on Facebook. LinkedIn, you can just, if, actually, if you just Google me, my LinkedIn profile will probably come up mm -hmm. top of the page. Great. Uh, so that's one way to get in touch with me. I love when people reach out on LinkedIn. It's a, such a great platform for staying uh, connected and I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter and Instagram under the hash under the handle rather gallant leader so matches my website so uh, there are great ways to stay in touch and I would love to hear uh, more from you Emery as we stay connected and yes. from your audience as well great and of course we'll put all of Carrie's details uh, on how to connect with her on our show notes and to get to the show notes ambitious entrepreneur network.com forward slash wil seven nine seventy nine so ambitious entrepreneur network.com forward slash wil seven for those of you who are subscribed to the audio podcast, one of the things that we're doing very differently this year is we're recording video as well. So if you go to those show notes, not only will you be able to hear, but you'll also be able to see Carrie as she shares her wisdom. So once again, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Emery. You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. Changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.bethedifferencemovement.com. That's bethedifferencemovement.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.